When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. Hello, brother. How are you? Not too bad. We're recording a second one tonight, and you were very emotional on the last one. We'll see if that carries over to a topic that is completely different. It may not be as different as you think it is. I will find ways that you didn't even rationalize to connect these two topics. (laughs) And I warned you about the last topic. I did. I warned you time and time again about I was going to go crazy on that one. And I'm going to try to get crazy on this one, too. So we'll see what happens. You're going to try to get crazy. Well, this week is a little bit different. Now, I'm going to preference this with I have issues in my house. This week, we're talking about sick building syndrome. And it made me start thinking about some things. I My furnace, I cannot keep a filter in it. If I put a filter in, it sucks it all the way into the furnace, which causes grief i had i took a tension bar and put it in there so it wouldn't and i go down there a couple days later and it's wrapped around the tension bar so i'm now finding unique ways to filter the air in our home other than that one spot i feel like you're putting the wrong size filter in your furnace it's the right size it's it's written on the the furnace itself it's just time and time again i even so then i went and i bought because it has spots for two different sizes yeah, it's, it's got the one inch and it's got a two inch. So I went and bought the two inch and the two inch lasts longer. I hope so. But it still slowly bends and then sucks it up into the motor. So is it possible that the motor is kind of faulty and it has too much? But it's just an electric fan motor, right? It is. And oh, I've replaced it... it. Oh, so it's so is it getting OK? Is there a problem with the wiring? Is it getting too much power where it's spinning too fast? Is it pulling too much air? What I think, and I'm going to give you my root cause analysis to this point, because I have had someone out to look at that, is that there's enough moisture in my basement that it is wicking into, or the humidity, in a sense, is getting into the cardboard. it's, It's compromising the durability and the integrity of the product. Right. And the reason why I bring this up is because we're talking about sick building syndrome and the air quality in your home. So if that thing gets popped out of there, and I have water in the basement periodically, that could, mm-hmm. that air can be sucked up into the furnace and distributed of course throughout it can. my house. Of course it can. For those of our listeners that are not in the Midwest and live in a hotter climate where you don't have to worry about basements, your basement, whether it's really nice or is really, really, really Michigan-y, which is gross, generally is going to be a damp part of your house. It's going to have moisture. If you have a lot of basements, if you don't keep a dehumidifier downstairs, if you have like cardboard pictures posters board games old christmas decorations it's quite possible in damp damp nights you could actually get mold on that stuff it's i mean it's sad but it's true well and i want to bring this up now because by the time it hits the site we're getting we're getting ready for fall and face it we're home more in the fall we stay indoors a little more and it's important to talk about our indoor air quality i think that's ignored far too often especially when it comes to human health I think I would agree with that. So guilty, uh, guilty admission here. I pr- I've never changed the filter in my furnace. Never. I mean, well, maybe like 
I think, well, okay, so never is an exaggeration. We've been in this house almost 10 years. I've changed it the first three years, and I haven't bought one since. Um, I did have a, a technician come out a couple years ago and do it, but um, I didn't see when I would throw away the filter and it looked identical to the filter I bought, I didn't see the problem. I, I understand that's ignorance, but that's part of the reason I'm on the show. But I, I, uh, it looked exactly the same. It, and I'm one of those people that, for some degree, seeing is believing. I have never, ever in my life, and I will continue to, I will never be a yes man to the experts that people tell me I should listen to because of their education, because you can be the most well read person in the world and still be a freaking idiot. I, I have to see something. I have to put my hands on it. You have to win me over. I know. I'm sorry. I, I just, I, sometimes I suck. And the, they were identical. So at first I, I thought there was something wrong. I was like, is there supposed to be dirt or like dust something in this? And the guy was like, I don't know. And he couldn't give me reasons to why I need to put it in there. So I never have. But if you were going to give me reasons, I will write them down and I will keep them. Well, it, remember, not everything that's floating through your house you can see. No, I understand that. But if there's millions and millions and millions of particles on a screen, I should be able to see something. Well, first things first, I want to just tell everybody what sick building syndrome is, shortened as SBS. It describes a situation in which a building occupant experiences acute health or comfort effects that appear to be linked to the time spent within that building. Many times you have an illness and you go to a doctor and they can't necessarily figure out what it is. There's always opportunities for that to be part of your environment well i think that the opportunities are probably more likely the cause but i i think that um that definition leaves a lot of wiggle room for different interpretations it does and they do that on purpose because sick building syndrome is still a study it's still a thing that people study on a regular basis there's people out there that completely dismiss it but you know in any enclosed space If you have a lot of stuff in there, you've been to different houses. Each house has a different smell. And I don't mean that always as a negative. No, you're right. It does. You can walk into the cleanest house on the the block and it smells like bleach or vinegar or, you know, some kind of cleaner. That is off-gassing. That is one of the highest VOCs, volatile organic compounds, this off-gassing smell. Just because we smell it, that doesn't mean it's good. When we turn on a Scentsy candle, that's still <laughs> a chemical going into our into our lungs. Well, yeah, and you're right. And I think that with people like bleach and ammonia, I think that um, there is one of those things where people instantly think it's good because the bacteria is being killed. It's true. Though bleach will you know do a number on most types of bacteria. However, if something is so corrosive to, I don't know, living microscopic creatures, which is kind of what you're built out of, Probably shouldn't have it too close to you. You you can use it, obviously, but you should be in, inhaling it into your lungs. Uh, because remember, if you can smell something, that means that there's microscopic particles or whatever that is that's going into your body. So right. for those of you that like stinky farts, you, that's what you're inhaling. Poop. So, um, <laughs> Poor indoor. That? Go ahead. No, you keep going. Go, go. Poor indoor air quality is from extended exposure. And I do have an example that I know that fits this. Years ago, when I was in college, I worked at H&R Block. And the first place that I worked was a lot of older ladies. And the building had flooded during the off-season. So at H&R Block, those aren't open year-round. So it took months before they came back in and found what was left over. All the computers were destroyed. Everything was destroyed. And they had mold on the walls. 
so they called a company in, kind of like a fire restoration style company. We have one local <laughs> called ServPro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this company came in, cleaned the whole building, and all of our equipment was back and we were back to work. I had no issues. I went to work. I did my job. I went home. Well, one by one, the ladies I worked with started getting sick and they would feel a little better by the end of their day at home. And by the time they come by the end of their shift, they weren't feeling good again. And it was happening over and over to the point where some of these ladies were 90 years old. They are really at risk. And some of them just, I can't come in. I don't feel well. I I, I feel a little better by the end of the day when I'm at home, but by the time I come in, I'm just, I don't feel well. So I talked to the store, the, the store manager and said, why don't we have the air checked again? Mm-hmm. Well, she brought me the report, which is unreadable. You know, the air count quality, all these things on these reports are, are just unreadable to a normal person. I'm a science nerd and I had to start Googling it. The report they gave us showed that, mold spores and particles in the air were exceeding the limit allowed so they cleaned the building it failed the analysis but because it's a complicated form they just gave it to us that actually happens a lot people pouncing on the ignorance of their client because they don't know any better and one of those trusty expert things like i was just talking to you about but also on the flip side what could have happened is so the rain comes in, the water, however the water got in there, ruins everything. They get the carpet replaced, new machines. Well, they probably didn't blow out the ductwork. And lots of mold doesn't really, it doesn't stay still. I mean, there's spores. It doesn't take much to move them. If there's mold inside the walls, inside the ductwork, every time that furnace or the air conditioner kicks on, it's just poof, right in the air. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, for people that are in their winter of their life, or their golden years, if you will, that takes that's takes it out of them. That's all their immune system can handle. I mean, honestly, that's that's a lot. That's a big fight. You felt fine because you're a young whippersnapper, sir. Your body was given those spores, the old one too. But Edith and the you know the, the bingo bunch, they couldn't handle it. And they shouldn't have to handle it. That should have been taken care of. This should have been addressed. The company that was paid to do that work should have realized there was a problem and did the right thing. Well, and I, I believe they did because they handed us a document that said it fails the air quality minimums and then shook our hand and said, have a great day, knowing that no one can read that document. What happened was, is they washed the walls and the drywall, but never actually did the deep clean into the drywall to get the root of the spores out. Well, first things first, and you know this, like anyone, especially in the Midwest should know it, if your room floods, if your drywall goes ceiling to floor, you're cutting some drywall out and replacing it. It, it, it's not, it's not steel. It's not even, and even, even if, you know, if something was flooded that long, even wood paneling would have an issue. Any organic compound that has any type of wood or paper attached to it, or in this case, like drywall is dust to begin with. So if it gets moldy and then it disintegrates as it gets wet, you gets wet, it dries, it becomes super brittle. All that has to be replaced. All of it. Every bit of it. I, I face the same thing in the house I live in sometimes, you know, this is an old house. It happens. So another piece on here is the common symptoms. And if you thought the description was vague, wait till you hear the common symptoms because it is just common issues. Headache, fatigue, difficulty concentrating, itchy skin or irritation, chest tightening, asthma-like symptoms, dizziness. Nothing about that seems common. If those are common in your day-to-day life, you have a problem. Ask yourself why. Root cause analysis. Well, the common in this household, because both Grayson and Jameson have asthma, and air quality definitely 
causes them grief. But these are things you can have fatigue in a day just from a long day. But it's just it's one of those things that happens when you're home and when you leave the home, it seems to get better. Well, then, okay, that would mean that if you leave the home and it's getting better, that means that the fresh air is helping your lungs out. Your lungs don't have to do so much of a filtering job so they can do their job because really when you breathe things in through your nose your nose has got you know the hairs and everything inside your nose it's designed to filter a lot of that crap out that's honestly what your boogers are i mean truthfully it, mm-hmm. it, it traps all that nastiness so when you sneeze it, it, it expels it or you blow your nose um and that to be honest I, this is not what i thought this topic was going to be i thought this was something so totally different you did. What did you I think did. it was? I thought that this we were going to talk about the mental state of people being trapped in their houses during COVID and sick building syndrome was a mental disorder. I really thought that's where this was going. <laughs> that's I'm not, not I, even close. <laughs> well, everything I said is true. You're right. It's not close. And I, I'm fine. I'm just, you know, I was going to give you all the gusto, but I'm learning about this as we sit here. So no, I'll give you as we... much gusto as I can muster. That's okay. Maybe that goes on the list for later on. Well, so common causes for for sick building syndrome or bad indoor air quality. I think everybody knows the very first one, which is inadequate building ventilation. Yeah. When you're when you're not moving air not in my house. Filters. Not changing filters. In my house, it's an old house converted to a new house, if you will. It was renovated. But when you have that, you don't have enough air returns and vents throughout the whole house we leave a lot of things open to create movement of air in this house because if you don't rooms become stagnant i have a teenage boy you walk in that room that room is stagnant and teenage boy yeah there is something to be said about stagnant air it is one of the most I guess I'll just say gross experiences. Like even if it doesn't necessarily stink, if the air is stagnant, I don't want to be in it. Yeah. It, so you have this already. How how does the air flow within your home? It's good to have ceiling fans and things, but that also is going to drum up some of that dirt and dust and pollen and things. If you open your doors and windows throughout the house periodically, you're going to get outside contaminants inside. What you know, you have chemical contaminants like vehicle exhaust if you live close to a road you have indoor contaminants which i already said the vocs the volatile organic compounds which is Mm -hmm. really off gassing which is your upholstery on any of your furniture when it was produced was produced with chemical baths and dyes and all these things and throughout its whole life it continues to give off a gas or a smell beyond the dirt dust and and dander and dead skin and everything else that's in a couch you have your carpet which is the worst version of the exact same thing oh you mean a dirt sponge oh they're terrible (laughs) then you have manufactured wood products those go through a tremendous amount of chemical treatment oh that's a dust sponge man i can I'll, i'll equate the word sponge to anything i can manufactured wood things are essentially sawdust and a crap load of glue so they tend to, uh, as time goes on, disintegrate and they put a lot of contaminants in your house. Well, I'm going to also, I can say this because the person I'm saying it about has passed on, but I, re- I received a piece of furniture from a family member who had passed on and he really, really enjoyed making his own versions of a cigarette, if you will. He smoked a lot of marijuana on a regular basis. And he used this table almost his whole life okay. to break break things up and, and and roll it up and all those things. Well, it was sitting in my home 
and I walked into the house from outside. And as you know, if you come from outside, the fresh air versus the in the house, you always get that. You always get an extra hit from the house. Uh, no pun intended. And I, I walked in like, who in this house is smoking marijuana? Is it like, what in the heck? I went and grabbed my wife. Like, what's going on? She's like, has no idea what I'm talking about. We walk in the room, walk in the room. She smells it too. And it takes a few moments before we realize it's my cousin's table which is hilarious. It's just kind of sucked in all these odors and then had to be released at some point. <laughs> well, think of, I don't know if, it, if you could even say odors, think about it. I mean, we're talking, you know, smell is, is it's molecules. And if we're going to talk about marijuana, it's a plant, you know, you break down your buds and you're, you're grinding it and on the same place for every day for how many years yeah how many weed molecules are in that table i mean really think Mm -hmm. about it like at this point if it's a wooden table wood is so coarse molecularly speaking i mean there's so many places for those weed spores or molecules that you know hit your ride and stay that smell is going to be there forever you'd almost have to sand it off and refinish it probably to get rid of it or bleach the shit out of it the vocs the the valda organic compounds also includes cleaning products as we were talking about earlier tobacco Don't mess smoke with the power of pond salt baby <laughs> right tobacco smoke particulate matter that's that dirt and dust that's in the house mm-hmm. and synthetic fragrance well, as I was oh, talking yeah. about the Cincy candles and all that kind of stuff. Or like perfume, colognes, aftershave. Like that's really, that's the most, you know, quickly and probably commonly used synthetic fragrance. If you have a teenage boy, you had Bodman body spray in your house. Well, and if you're a nerd like me, when I was looking to purchase my truck, we were sitting inside of it and the salespersons took a deep breath and said, ah, that new car smell. And I know he's selling me on the new car smell. But I turned around and said, that's off-gassing from all the production processes. Because that's what it is. The new car smell that people want to duplicate so often is the gases that are coming out of the leather treatment, out mm-hmm. of uh, the carpet, all the different parts of the vehicle that have gone through all these chemical baths and things. New car smell is just off-gassing. That, that's half of it. it. It's also the absence of human human smell. And I say that because, I mean, you've seen my vehicle. If you get in my truck, you might smell like a nice air freshener. You might smell a three-day-old cheeseburger. You don't know. It's a lottery every time. <laughs> that is the, that's the common, common causes, but there's also biological contaminants. Absolutely. And this is what takes Jameson down about three times a year. Pollen, bacteria, viruses, which is a big thing right now, of course. Funguses, mold. All of these things are, can be in a home on a regular basis. You could just as easily be sitting in your chair, watching TV, and breathing in all of these things if your indoor air quality is not up to par. No, you're right, though. And to be honest, someone that has really bad asthma, there are certain seasons of the year that are almost like breathing poison. When you're sitting there and you struggle, you have, you have to have a, um, oh, what are they called? Michael, help me out here. The thing you, you, you breathe in your mouth. Um, Inhaler. I couldn't <laughs> think was, of what it was You did called. not give me enough hints with breathe in your mouth. I know. I know. <laughs> but you're welcome. That's how I do. But if you have an inhaler and your asthma is that bad, and let's say spring, there's lots of ragweed and lots of different, you know, pollens in the air, that could really mess you up. And it's important to know, you know, the severity of the different things that can happen. For me, my biggest issue, and I don't have a allergic reaction to anything, I just hate the smell of like animal feces. So us having tons of chickens 
it doesn't smell in the house, but if you go and you walk up next to the coop, it's starting to get a little stinky. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it at all. My turtles, that's a terrible one. My turtles, oh my gosh, the smell is terrible if you don't change the filters out. And that kind of stuff, I say that because that influences your air quality in your home. If nothing else, if nothing else, if it's not a danger to your health, Lord knows it's embarrassing that people walk in your house and you start making excuses for the way that it smells. Well, and I'll tell you, if if you're embarrassed when someone comes over, it is probably affecting your health in a negative way. You may be young enough to be dealing with it now, but it's going to lead to something more aggressive later on. Yeah, you're probably right. And if there is a later on, I hope there is. But <laughs> sorry. No, well, um, well, it's like our, our cat box. There's days that I'll sit down in my chair and go, well, that needs to be cleaned. <laughs> you know, I can smell it from here. But those are the things that as as you get more and more in the house, it's one of the reasons why we bought this insanely expensive vacuum. We have a vacuum that when you when you vacuum, it uses water as a filter. It greatly reduces the, awesome. the, the amount of particles that leave through the exhaust. Jameson, for the first time in her life, can actually vacuum. She can run the vacuum without being sick for three days afterwards. Uh, you guys have a Pretty, rainbow, right? We do. That's awesome. It really is fantastic. I wish I could afford one and I'm not willing to go through what you have to go through to get it for free. Which my loving wife did. She paid oh, basically she... taxes on it because that's what she does. She's, She's only amazing. Star. She's only amazing. She wakes up every morning and pays excellence. <laughs> right. She just she just always always can do it, you know. But there's parts of your home. Like in Michigan, we have those basements where water can get down there. Stagnant water can breed a lot of yucky stuff. There is uncleaned humidifiers. If you don't clean out a humidifier, and I mean actually clean it, the next time you go to use it, you're just shooting a bunch of this stuff, this mold and bacteria. and You're just firing it into the air for yourself to filter out. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's paint a picture for people. So... People understand that there's bacteria in the world. People don't really comprehend that bacteria is like super powered in water. It's not like water's a barrier. When it comes to things like dust, dirt, and mold, inside of water, stagnant, unmoving water, you might as well just, you know, give it a grow light and let it go. So we talk about dehumidifiers and stuff. When you have a container of that nasty, dirty water that sits there, just sits there and sits there, it's just a festering pool of garbage. It's so bad for you to have around you. It sounds weird to say that water can mold, but it can mold and dust will spread in the water. And it's really, really nasty. And it's something people need to pay attention to because if they don't keep that stuff clean when they're not using it, it becomes a health hazard more than a benefit. Right. Look, I think next year is probably the year that I'm going to have someone back out to clean the air ducts. You know, it is, I had never thought about it because myself and my kids, we don't get sick. Jameson and Grayson do. So it really benefits all of us. If I cater the home to the two people I love at the best possible air quality, the rest of us will just do better. (laughs) You know, so by next spring, I have to go through and have a company come out and clean out the air ducts again and keep that clean because that's another source for biologic contaminants and particulate matter. Uh, Yeah, one of the problems we're having, especially this year, I never noticed it before this year. This year is extra humid, as we talked about earlier, and I think in the other podcast. But the small amount of carpet remaining in my house smells terrible. Yes, yes. And it... I never noticed it. We we first moved to our home. We had carpet throughout the whole thing almost. And it sucked. I don't like carpet, but okay, it was there. But 
this year, it's like I can smell every single thing that's ever went in that carpet. All the animals that lived in that house before us, all the things that have happened since, like I can smell. My house, that hall, it's just the hallway. The hallway smells like an animal sanctuary. It's terrible. Like It's horrible. And I can't wait to tear it out. That's my project. As soon as you know the money comes up, it's coming out. I'm putting wood down. It's so bad. It's it's disgusting. I never would have considered all that stuff being trapped in there. Like I know the carpet is like a dirt sponge. I know there's a bunch of garbage in there, but oh my gosh, the smells, Mike. To and for sustainability reasons, I keep trying to make our carpet last longer. Jamie has oh, wanted to get rid of the carpet and put in hard floors pretty much since the beginning oh. and at some point it's going to go that way it, i try to make carpet last as long as i can because i know the embodied energy is insane but for her it holds allergens it holds all these things that makes their lives more challenging and at some point it's going to have to come out another flooring is going to have to go in something that's easier to maintain and keep clean and to reduce that air quality problem which leads to sick building syndrome no, I, I completely agree. And I got to say, I'm on Jamie's side for this one. Was that carpet in your house when you guys moved in? That carpet was in the house when I moved in when I bought the home. How many years ago was that? I have lived here about three and a half, four years. Okay, so without knowing when the carpet was installed, it is virtually impossible to calculate how much of energy is remaining in that carpet. But I say bite the bullet, put the wood in, make your <laughs> wife's life happy like easier and happy and get rid of that nasty carpet. I, and I don't get me wrong. Your carpet isn't nasty. Your carpet actually is in excellent shape. I'm just saying that like, just do it. I'm going to do it. I hate carpet. Oh my Lord. Have mercy. I hate it. Well, I, I get torn because I don't like cold floors. Wear you know, socks. Walking. Well, even with socks, I, uh, you know, I, my instinct is to go find a big area rug, which if I do that, I might as well have kept the carpet. She likes those big, clean environments where I can just get, she can just go through and mop it and clean it and we're done. You know, this carpet, you, it doesn't matter how long you vacuum one spot. It's well, going do, to find more dirt. You do have two cats and a dog. They don't help. They do not help. The amount of heartbeats in this house, and we can exclude Jake because he doesn't really yeah. get out much. But I, I know they'd like to blame it on Jake, but Jake is, a, a he is a dander-free pet, and B, he just lives in his little tanks. He is not 100% dander-free because occasionally he literally comes out of his skin. And those skin flakes could get in the air. You know, you're right. They could. They could. And um, I'm sure that there's lots of uh, dander in the fur that he, oh, he doesn't have fur. He's a snake. <laughs> and, um, oh, I, I forgot the most important part. He's about as long as a pencil. And <laughs> Yeah, he's not very big. He's not, he's not huge. You're right. His skin does come off. He has to shed his skin so he can grow, which is a really interesting process. But we're getting off topic, so I'm going to let Jake go for this one. I just think that uh, I think the carpet should come out. I think that I know, and I know it's expensive right now. Wood is ridiculous, but does she still have all that reclaimed oak? There you go. Have her put oh. she could do the floor. Dude, that would look so cool. That is not true. We already have a polished wood on the kitchen side. It would have to be well planned out to make sure it's either the same stuff or very close to. Why? Because I'm weird. Mike, you have carpet right now. You I can't know. get any more different than carpet. <laughs> Anyways, did you know other factors for sick building syndrome that I have? I was surprised when I did the research on it was inadequate lighting and absence of sunlight um okay so i'm gonna sound ridiculous in this but 
prior to the pandemic, I would have said, no, I didn't know that. But I wasn't aware there were types of bacteria that just the presence of sunlight can kill. I didn't know we had uh, nocturnal bacteria. I had no idea. So, yeah, I'm not surprised now. Did you know that in other issues in the home that can get you feeling sick, disoriented, any of those other things are bad acoustics in the home? Yes. Well, or yes poor ergonomics. No. Um. Ah. Uh, okay. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me unpack this. Yes. <laughs> and yes and no. I would never have known to attribute it to bad acoustics. I know that the way sound vibrates into your ears has a lot of responsibility with how you process it. And I also know that depending on the type of energy output your appliances have through to our our uh, uh, skills of a misspent youth and our time ghost hunting, um, if there's too much uh, EMF in the house, it'll really whack your brain out. I know all that, but to say that I knew it was acoustics, not necessarily. I mean, I guess yes and no. I mean, it can disrupt your equilibrium. There's a lot of things that it can do that would make mm-hmm. you uncomfortable. Think about if you left the house, but when you came back, there was a low tone in this, you know, an appliance is giving feedback and has a tone yep. that you can't pinpoint. It just constantly annoys you and it's in the back of your brain. It'll hurt your sleep patterns. Your It would disrupt your I thought patterns. I don't have to th- imagine that. When you turn a television on, well, it's predominantly the old tube TVs. When you hit the power button, there is a super high pitch, high frequency, like squeal, like screech. And it's essentially, it's the power fighting through the capacitors coming out the tube, however you want to word it. But I can hear that and I hate it. I hate it because a lot of people would put their TV on standby, which is on a blank channel with nothing there. So real faintly in the back of my ear, all I hear is this real ridiculous noise. I (laughs) despise it. And then to flip to the other side of that, that is specifically the reason the smoke alarms are, or sorry, smoke detectors are created the way they are. It's meant to be off-putting. It's meant to get your attention to jar you. It's meant to alert you. It's done on purpose, which is not necessarily what you're talking about, but it's using that same negative thing in a positive way. Yeah, it could be as little as a high-frequency squeak coming from a ceiling fan. Yeah, I hate it. But but it can disrupt your thought patterns, make you uncomfortable. Bad ergonomics in the house will do the same thing, where you're constantly uncomfortable. And that if you're constantly uncomfortable long enough, you can actually start to... It, it can cause a physical issue. Oh, of course. And the last one, and I think is actually... It's less prevalent because most people have air conditioning. Not you. You only have air conditioning in one room. But high humidity in a house is extremely uncomfortable. And it creates an opportunity to catch pneumonia. All these, that water in the air will trap a lot of those molecules that are coming from things. And then you're breathing those in with the water. Humidity was one of those also. Well, one of those things that you're talking about really with the high humidity is, at least in my home, is something that I would be more alert to at nighttime when there's no activity because there are nights where you just lay there and sweat and it sucks. And it's just basically humidity because I think most of us are okay with a dry heat. I mean, no one likes to be hot per se, but dry heat's a lot easier to swallow than, you know, feeling like you're breathing in mist every time you take a breath. And I will tell you, not necessarily what I would call sick building syndrome, but just for gentle mental wellness, when you're miserably hot, when it's 90 degrees out and it's like 85% humidity, like most people are just in a bad mood and then we're either short tempered and frustrated. I, I am one of those people. I, I, I don't necessarily, like, I don't mind sweating per se. I hate being wet though. Like with the exception of a pool or a shower, I don't like being wet. I just don't. And so 
when I'm sitting there sweating, getting all nasty, and my shirt weighs five extra pounds, and it's stinking. Oh, I'm a mean, mean person. I'm not happy. And it's disgusting, and it is really bad for my health. I know that's not what you meant, but that's all I can think about. I'm sorry. Well, and anybody who knows me on a personal basis knows I am a big, big baby when it comes to humidity. I don't like it. I don't prefer it. I, I, I will avoid Florida because of it. I'll go there in January. Totally cool with going there in January. I want nothing to do with that high 90 plus percent humidity when it's 90 degrees outside. It's just miserable. I'll take humidity in my home when it is 68 degrees in the wintertime, when the air was already dry because it's winter. I, I have a humidifier in my furnace. That's when I want a little humidity. Other than that, I don't want it. I, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, for most of us, especially like you mentioned, I only have air conditioning in one room. That's accurate. But for most of us, none of us want it. I mean, it ideally, yeah, let's all go to Florida in January. That'd be awesome. Right. But if, if I'm going to look like I just jumped in the Great Lake, I want it to be because I just have jumped in a Great Lake. I don't want to be sitting there pouring. Like, I'm in the basement doing this podcast and I'm super comfortable. If I was upstairs, I'd be pouring sweat right now. Mm-hmm. So, now that we've got an idea of sick building syndrome, I won't call it all encompassing, but we, I think we have a pretty good idea of what it means, what it does. What are some things that we can do to help mitigate those things? And first things first, we did this episode so people know it's a thing. If you're always feeling bad at home and then you get out for a while and you're out for several hours and you feel better. And then when you come home, it just seems like six hours later, you're not feeling good again. Take that to your doctor. Let your doctor know. And just like the last episode, here comes the disclaimer. Nothing we're about to say is a cure for any illness you may have. There's medical professionals out there who know you well better than we do. Our job here is to help inform people so they have a better understanding and maybe even spark a, hey, this could be me moment. But then that conversation goes to the doctor next. We don't have that skill set. They do. So whatever you have going on, if you have if you have a doctor who hasn't figured out what it is yet, tell them if it's happening at home, if it's constantly happening at home, because that might give them the information they need to make it a little better. So things that you can do in your home, I think some of these are no brainers. I think they're pretty much pretty basic, like make sure your home has good ventilation and that you're reducing the amount of dirt and dust in the air that you've replaced your filters on a regular basis. I'll try my best. Right. I, I'm not sure I believe that with the eye roll I just saw, but we'll pretend. By the way, those filters have a rating on them, and it's a 1 through 16. And what that is is 16 has the smallest holes, 1s have the biggest holes, and what you can pass through a filter. In most household environments, 11 plus is sufficient in this house we do 13 plus because we have people in this home that can't handle some of that dirt dander and pollen and things that get pushed around the house so on average 11 plus is where you can be we do 13 there's a dramatic price difference between 11 and 13 but it also takes a lot more out it's called a merv rating which is your minimum efficiency report value okay good to know That is an important piece of this, is making sure that you have filters. I have friends and family who work in air, and, you know, they they live and die by air filterization. The biggest problem that we have in this country is that we buy something to filter air, and then we never change the filters. 
<laughs> it's accurate. I'm guilty. So dirt comes in one side and blows dirt out the other side. It's taken a year for it to work its way through the filter and come out the other side. But if the outside of your vent where it blows the air out is covered in dirt and dust, it's time to shut it down. Get that filter out. Wash everything. Get a new filter. Because it is absolutely, it's actually worse to have a air filter unit in the house that you don't change the filter to. Because now we're just taking air or dirt and dust and dander and pollen and bacteria and viruses that would have been laying on the surface and making them a projectile. That's true. So if you're going to have air filters, which are extremely important for indoor health, they'd have to have the filters changed. Bottom line. If it is recommended monthly, then you do it monthly. If it's recommended yearly, then you do it yearly. Okay, okay, okay. I'll do it. So ha. Next, lots of natural light. As you said, Some there's a lot of bugs out there a lot of viruses mold and different things that can that that can be neutralized by sunlight or the heat from it or actually the ultraviolet rays that are that that accompany it so allowing in a lot of natural light does do those things but it also feels better a day is nicer when you get a lot of natural light when you get that was a vitamin d dose absolutely Uh, so try to i know in the summertime it can heat up a house so you, sometimes you're drawing the shades and things, but let some natural light in. It makes you feel better, both mentally and it can help physically. You're not wrong. And I, I do honestly feel better when I'm outside. When I go outside and get stuff done before going into work, I have found that when I spend time outside doing things that I know need to be done, I tend to have a happier, more productive day at work, whether I feel more accomplished or maybe it's just a little bit of vitamin D. It is a positive, a net positive influence on my day. Yep. There's... Uh, if you're a smoker, smoke outside. That's not something you want indoors. Not Most people, I think, do because of the smell inside the house anyways, but smoke outside. So that, that smoke doesn't get set into things inside the house and slowly golf gas back out. Or don't smoke at all. That's a good one, too. Well, it is an option, uh, but I, that is not my place. I will just say for sick building syndrome to smoke outside. Same thing with cleaners. Get them with no fragrances. That is that those are options. You can get cleaners without fragrances. So we're not putting more of the VOCs into the air. Now, granted, I have I think I've got a minor addiction to that smell of clean, or it's not necessarily the smell of clean, it's the smell of cleaner. And it's how it makes you feel. It's the mental um image you get when you smell it instantly you equate it to clean. Yeah. It, I do. It's a psychological thing. Well, that's um, what I said. Don't mess with the power of pine salt. If I smell pine <laughs> salt, if I smell pine salt instantly, I feel like I'm a little kid. My mom just clean. Ooh, this is clean now. It's I just. It's what I think. Pledge is the same thing for dust. Same thing with Lysol. You know, for bleach. It's just. It's. <laughs> I'm programmed. I am. If you if you have the opportunity, to control the climate in your home or control the humidity. If that means getting dehumidifiers running in the home, even though as an energy buff, I will always say buy a used unit, and that when plugging it in, it uses energy. But your health comes first, every each and every time. So if you can bring the humidity levels down in the home, you will feel more comfortable, and you will have a, a much better living experience within the house vacuum on a regular basis i already said normal vacuums will fire more dirt out the back of them as they're vacuuming they won't if you change the filter when you're supposed to so if you're going to buy a vacuum buy 10 filters 
because it's the filter that matters there. You, you don't want to just pick up what's on the ground and then fire it out the back of the exhaust. We want to stop it from coming back out. So you want to vacuum on a regular basis. I think I've once heard that you're supposed to do it once per heartbeat, but I mean, my goodness, between snakes and dogs and cats and people in this house, we, we would just have to vacuum all day. Yeah, that's a lot of vacuum. A and lot. we did use, and we made a decision that we bought a vacuum that was, that. well, we got a vacuum nearly free because of my loving wife that caters more to her and her son's allergies. It does not send out stuff out the backside. We don't have to buy the filters on a regular basis. We use water to filter it. So it is, you know, finding ways to do that. You want to make sure that you test your indoor air quality once in a while. Testers are very inexpensive. You can get them on Amazon and you can share it with friends and family so that one one unit can be used amongst everybody. That way it's not buying a thing for a one-time use or monthly use. That way, and you can also look and see what is in the air and then do things specifically. There's always debates between NASA's testing with plants versus people who work with air filters. Mm-hmm. They're those are they're always going to say the filter is better that there's no guarantee that plants actually pull things out of the air where NASA has works on which plants can I put in a room to sustain a person because they're doing it for Mars but some plants do pull toxins out of the air I like plants because the I think because of the oxygen they give off makes the room smell cleaner I agree with that I actually really think that um in terms of plants I'm going to sound like a lunatic on this, but you were talking about using water to filter air with your vacuum. Mm-hmm. If you, if you use water to filter air and then use the, um, use the water, like put it on the ground for, for plants, not even plants that are really important. Nothing, nothing you'd eat just like a moss or like a clover. You can build your own little ecosystem in your house. that leads to better health. I do it with turtles. I use, so I've got, I've got a filter system for my turtles and it filters water and contaminants out, but I also have a number of different types of plants in there right now that help like, oxygenate the water and keep it clean and obviously you're not a turtle i'm not a turtle but i'm sure that there is a nature figured it out like there's a way to do it you know what i mean like nature's been doing it for for thousands of years we just got to duplicate it in our home yeah and i like i said i know there's a lot of debate about if you put plants in your home does it actually clean the air i i personally believe that it is not going to hinder it will only contribute to a better air quality even if it's just increased oxygen so take it with a grain of salt, of course. But this is the th- these are the things that we want to talk about with sick building syndrome is, first of all, making sure you identify it if, it, if, that, if there's a possibility. The last thing I want is a listener suffering Absolutely. and not knowing, and not knowing that this is something that can be fixed. Don't get me wrong. We purposely send a great amount of smells into our home through scentsy candles, through cleaners. We just planted a lilac bush at a specific window so that when it grew up nice and big, we can open the window and it will smell through the house. Sounds we did that. Yeah, I love that stuff. We did that on purpose. To bug your wife? Uh, I don't think so. It will if there's, I think, uh, ragweed or milkweed out there. So that stuff we've got to pull up and make sure it's cleaned out. She has several allergies that have to be monitored. So, okay. and, and because of that, we don't open the windows as much as we could. Because the last thing she needs is another week down because it's miserable. Yeah, so I understand. If anybody out there listening seems to be fine when they leave their house or they seem to be fine when they leave the office, take a look at the environment. Take a few minutes and see, is there a light above your head that has a 
uh, frequency off and it's just either making a noise or has a minor blink to it is there is there smells is there gases within that room look and see because these things do matter this this stuff can hinder a person's health pretty dramatically i was able to experience it with those ladies at h&r block i would have never guessed just left to what i saw because the building mm -hmm. looked fine but as three and then four and then a fifth employee could not come in and one was hospitalized oh lord it had to be something there so really this episode is to let you know what sick building syndrome is and give you this idea just in case it can help well, I, I appreciate it and i know that i this one i've actually learned quite a great deal i a lot of things i wouldn't have considered a lot of things i might have known but never realized so i think this is a super fun topic and i'm sorry i didn't get as fired up as i told you i would but i was totally <laughs> misled as to what i thought it was yes this has nothing to do with COVID. uh okay fine <laughs> maybe we can book that a later date and then you can get fired up on that one and there'll be three episodes where you've gotten fired up no, there be there's more than three. Go back and listen to them all. I don't think so. I think that it's. I think you've gotten a little fired up to egg me on and water episodes before. You have you and Rob have this game to see if you can get me fired up. But well, I, I think it's funny. I I really do think it's funny. But no, it's been more than three. I'm confident it has been. <laughs> all right. Well, if anybody's listening and they know those episodes, send them to us because I'd like to make sure that that's true. And I think he's just guessing. Anyways. That's all we have for this week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, share it with a friend or on social media. There's other ways to support us here at Realistic Sustainability. One of them is becoming a monthly sustainer on our Anchor site, which you can do for as little as 99 cents a month or less than $12 a year. But if you can't do that, no worries. One of the biggest things you can do is always leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. That really helps us out. We get found in search engines. We show up on searches everywhere from Google to Apple. And if they're not quite sure, they'll read your comments. It's your words that help someone give us a shot. So for that, we greatly appreciate it. And thank you again for listening. Remember, all we have to do is get a little bit better each day. If we learn a little bit more and we change those actions little by little by little, in time, it becomes a big change. So thanks again. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. And we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know. But I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. Available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future.